Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a Scooby and a Newbie. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. We've reached season six, episode 16, Hell's Bells, original air date, March 5th, 2002. What a stunning turnaround in quality this was. Holy <laughs> bejesus. It's like Joss had left this show in other hands, and I don't want to say David Fury's hands. I don't want to say Marty Noxon's hands. I don't want to say whose hands. He had left it in some hands and been like, this is generally what we want to have happen through the season. And they're like, mm, but how How do ensemble cast? I don't know. Let's just make Anya the worst. And then Joss comes back and he's like, all right, you've done those interesting things with Anya. We're now in a place to break her. And they're like, but... Is she a character? We don't know. <laughs> the voice that you're doing for them is unkind, but maybe fair. Who's to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say pretty fair. Yeah. Because this episode is very good, but it set or it concludes a bunch of stuff that was never really set up. Or that's maybe not the right way to say it. I know what you mean, though. Like, it crushes Anya and it didn't earn it. Yes, absolutely. And it crushes Anya and Xander in a way that feels very reasonable and isn't predicated on the rest of the season. Because the rest of the season, we've seen occasional glimpses of them being unhappy or Xander fearing the wedding. And then the things that happen during the wedding, honestly, if the thing that happens to Xander in this episode had happened to me on my wedding day, I might not be married right now because he sees a vision of him killing his wife. And at that point, I'd be like, you know what? Wow, no, I can't possibly do that. I can't bring that sort of pain to this person that I love. And it's going to be easier for me to leave and not kill her. Sure, but at the same time, in this universe where magic exists, you might say, maybe I should check this a little first. I was actually surprised at how incredulous Xander was that there was a future Xander around. Because future Xander shows up and he's like, I'm you from the future. And Xander's like, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, You're, it's the Hellmouth, man. How is that hard to believe? But time travel, like that's a whole other beast, right? No, he's him from the future. <laughs> I just wish he'd shown up with some sort of sports almanac, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, trust me, your kids are gonna love it. Like, is that a Doc Brown Play voice? Rock music. What voice are you no, doing? I don't know. It's just a voice that's happened. Old it man flows voice? Through yeah, me. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we're ahead okay. of ourselves as normal. So let's let's jump on bit. into the right up. You got the picture right at the beginning here. Yeah, bridesmaids, because Willow and Buffy both have bridesmaids dresses on that are hideous. And they are perfect for bridesmaids dresses because they're both such garbage and they hate them so much. How did Buffy get away with these sleeves? With these sleeves? Right? She's got shorter sleeves than everyone else has. Everyone and you're else like, what? has the garbage long sleeves. Willow has already said that she's the best man. So if anything, she should have different sleeves. Yeah, she should have different sleeves, but she's got the same sleeves as it's, Tara, I think. Yeah, everyone else, I'm pretty and sure. And Halfrick? I don't remember what uh, Dawn, Dawn looks Dawn like. Dawn has different ones. Does Dawn she, have the short and ones? And that's, that's D3, but yeah, that's another, that's a future picture. Oh, she Dawn has the, the shorter sleeves. Short Maybe, okay, wait, maybe... No, that doesn't make any sense. I was going to say that um, Willow, Tara, and I think Halfrick has the long sleeves. I think so. How, like, how, where do they fit together? Nowhere. Okay. Yeah, they really don't. <laughs> okay, so many things immediately come yes. up. Yes. Michaela, 
you did me a great service <laughs> and my wife by standing up for us at our wedding. Sure. Uh, you did this on my side, and I super appreciate that. I want to say thank you for it publicly. It was great to have you there. It was wonderful to be asked. Did you hate your dress? I got to pick my own goddamn dress, so I picked a dress that I would look amazing in. The end. <laughs> okay, you didn't hate it. No! Good. Love it. Uh, th- I really needed to make sure that was 100%. Like, the only direction I had redress was it needs to be knee length and a particular color. And then it was like, right. do whatever you want. So if I hated my dress, it would 100% be on me. Okay, cool. The other one is the other real question that I have here. Willow is in a place, California. It's pretty progressive and stuff. This is the year 2002. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I got married in the year of our Lord 2018. And where Willow is having apparent ease with being the best man or whatever, the best maid, sure. whatever you want to call her. She's going with best man and I'm fine with that. The amount of difficulty I had convincing anyone that I had two women standing up for me oh. and that my wife had a, a man standing Good up for her. God. Just rampant like, how confusion. In 16 <laughs> years has this idea not been spread oh, more? I don't know. And I stood up for my sister on her side. Like, it's not crazy, right? It's how, so reasonable. How has it taken this long <laughs> for people to still not get it? I, it's. <laughs> people are traditional. And weddings are a generally pretty traditional thing, I guess. I don't know. I'm glad to see Willow is the best man. That's cool. Uh, we never heard of this before, as far as I can tell. Nope. This first time, Doesn't for sure. Doesn't really matter. The, get, the dresses, we can describe why they're garbage. Huh, so they they've really got uh, bad sleeves is what they've we've said so far. But they're like a bright green with a bit of blue in there they're like, on the main yeah, dress. Yeah, they're two greens together. One is a bit Yeah, the darker. sleeves are greener. Yeah, it's all They've got just... these nonsense flowers on the front of them. And there's a couple really good pictures of Buffy's giant flower in her hair. And you're just like, why is why are they letting Buffy steal the show with this huge hair flower? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the sleeves, the really bad thing about the long ones is that they're segmented like an insect's chitin might be. are they look like an exoskeleton (laughs) of dress sleeves and you're like who i mean anya's old as fuck and her fashion sense is garbage so it makes sense that she would pick these but god damn it's awful it definitely is if you were like some sort of fantasy elf archer and you (laughs) had those arms it would be like oh that's a kind of cool armor yeah yeah it makes sense it's natural Mm. of the natural world yeah the bottoms are garbage too i don't know if you have them in any of your pictures i don't that's okay it's really hard to find yeah anyway uh we finally meet uncle rory and have all of our fan theories trashed trashed He is definitely not Xander's father. No. We meet Mr. Harris here. Yeah. Uncle Rory is, from all accounts, an actual uncle or similar enough. Everyone in the Harris family is just a drinker, you know? You know, Cousin Real Carol hard. seems pretty okay. Oh, Cousin Carol is the best. <laughs> She's okay. the best Harris, by far. We're going to have problems here staying on track because yes. of me. I'm going to make this a very <laughs> difficult episode for us to go through chronologically. That's fine. We are introduced in this episode to Cousin Carol. Carol, who makes me so sad and this this really harkens back to me saying saying that joss like came in here and did some stuff on this episode and all the other writers are looking on slack john <laughs> 
Because Cousin Carol is given three or four lines of dialogue. Yeah. And she has one where she says, Do you suppose he date a woman with a kid? I mean, I really can't afford to be very picky. And that line hits so hard for no reason. I have no personal connection <laughs> to that being problematic. Oh my God. But it just makes Cousin Carol, like, it gives her such character. She's interested in, uh, what's his name, Krogan? I honestly never caught any of the demon's names. <laughs> okay, let's call him Krogan. Sure. He's a demon friend of Anya's who's staying with the soon-to-be Mr. and Mrs. Harris, except not soon-to-be. The wedding is trash and it yeah. ends poorly. <laughs> but he's staying with them. He is great. He's just such a nice person. And I really hope that he and Cousin Carol can find some happiness in this world. Because Cousin Carol... <laughs> Carol's brief characterization paints such a very sympathetic picture of her. And and she's great. She tries genuinely to be nice, but she's got this kid. It's making dating very hard for her, and her life is not easy in general. And I'm like, yes, this is the sort of instant characterization that I really like in this show. And Joss has just come back and done it. I really appreciate how affected you were by Cousin Carol. Like, I, it's I was quite really charming. trashed while yeah. watching this entire episode. But... Cousin Carol made a serious impression, and I think it's a serious thing to talk about. She's great and and sad, but still fun. And that's the Jossism just shining through. Yeah. So Krogan is also here. He is wonderful. There are a bunch of demons in this episode. Krogan, Clem, who we've seen before with the saggy skin, and some sort of squid the guy, squid man. Yeah. These are the the main ones that we see. There's also Tall, Dark, and Demon, <laughs> who we have coming up later. Yeah. Don is chatting up this very handsome young demon fellow. He's so shockingly handsome. <laughs> I so approve of this pairing. I mean, I need oh to. God! If they could just get together, that would be amazing. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> So Krogan is often called Kevin by the awful drunken Harrises. And talking about this episode after watching it, we sort of circled around this idea that the Harrises are being compared to the demons in a very clear way that makes the Harrises come off much worse. Oh, with the exception absolutely. of Cousin Carol, who is a delight. The people who are, you know, normal, for lack of a better word, people are much, much worse than the demons. Yeah, and the demons are ostensibly evil. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like, the whole thing, I mean, of course, Xander's family has been told that these are circus folk, and with skin problems. Yeah, that's a bit of a hard sell when you see, like, the level of skin problems we're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the same thing when uh, our friend Rich saw Clem and uh, was yeah. told that he had skin problems, where it's pretty hard to suspend your disbelief that much. But, like, the way that they're acting towards them still is not at all justified well and they're the worst ones because they're getting drunk they're given the giving the drunken speeches <sighs> that ramble and are just so terrible so in terrible. every way unnecessary wrongly timed wrongly toned and then these demons are here just trying to help you know krogan tries to fix the coffee maker it's doing a great job on that and then xander's dad comes in and just starts throwing shade at him when krogan hadn't said a word he was just trying to fix the coffee maker man so that uncle rory can get his irish coffee coffee at 9am. Uh, sure. No, no, no. The problem is that Xander's mom's going on about how she doesn't look good and but oh well, she won't be in any of the photos anyways. And then oh. he says like, "Oh, I think you look very nice." And she is uh flattered to get a compliment of any variety because it's clear that her mm. husband is never complimenting her. And then that's when he starts to like really lay into Krolgin. What are we fucking calling him? 
Krogan, I think. I'm trying to find I his name, it and it's not. There's Warty Demon and Tentacle oh. Demon. Oh no! And Krogan was short shrifted here. He certainly had a name. But I honestly, yeah. I cannot find it. Well, because everyone calls him Kevin. All of the humans call him Kevin. Sure, for yeah. For lack of a better word, which does a disservice to him because that's them trying to normalize him where he doesn't need to be normalized because fuck you, man. <laughs> He's doing a-okay and you guys are the ones with the problems. Okay, here we go. I clicked on Warty Demon and now, yes, Krelvin is his name. Krelvin? K-R-E-L-V-I-N. Okay, so yeah. Similar to Kevin, <laughs> Krelvin. I'm wondering if um the squid demon has a name. Tentacle demon, Ooh, sorry. <laughs> oh, nope. Unidentified tentacle demon. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't being like, he doesn't like being called uh, squid face, definitely. <laughs> oh, it's pretty offensive though, right? Oh, it super is. It's incredibly <laughs> offensive. Okay, so what else we got going on here? Buffy's got her crazy flowers. I think this is a good time to start talking about, uh, you know, while Xander's trying to get into his cummerbund and he's worried about stuff and they're having a nice chat i want to really talk about who all the bridesmaids are <laughs> in this wedding because there is the bridesmaids dress that we were introduced to right off the bat and then they throw this piece of costumery around willy-nilly halfrick is wearing it and she's sitting in the front row for some reason rather than doing anything bridesmaids related dawn is wearing one of these dresses and is she standing up for one or both of these people? There are no guys in the wedding party, which is fine, but it just confuses the matter as to who is standing up for whom. This is the exact thing. Buffy and Willow start off wearing the bridesmaids dresses and you think to yourself, this makes a lot of sense. Xander's oldest friends, how nice. And right. then Tara's wearing a bridesmaids dress. Tara, yes! <laughs> And you think to yourself, okay, I mean, maybe Tara and Anya bonded more than we saw on screen. They've got like a whole thing. Tara's part of the group. That's, that's fine. Halfrek shows up to the wedding as if she's a guest, as you said, and then sits yep. down as if she's a guest, but she's still wearing that dress. And Dawn like, changes into one at some point, And you're uh, like, when did that happen? Why are you wearing that? So we're up to five. <laughs> And we've got zero groomsmen, and they're very much saved by the fact that they don't ever have to line anyone up at the front of yeah. the... Is it a church? I guess it's a hall. Hall, yeah. yeah but, Country club, whatever But, it is. like, even if these were the five people in the wedding party, which would be perfectly fine. I mean, it's not an even number, which is, like, my only problem with it. It's fine that they're yeah, all... Yeah, you sort of want to have an even number. <laughs> yeah, but just, for, like, for symmetry, you know, for the wedding yeah. ritual and all that nice stuff. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so confusing. Like, why is Dawn there? I know that they hang out with Dawn why all the is time. Tara there? Yeah, Halfrek at least is like Anya's oldest friend. That would make that sense makes a lot to of sense. Me. Yeah, but mm. but she's not sitting down, or she's not standing up. Sorry, she's sitting down, and she arrives with the guests. Yeah, what? I don't. Uh, I don't know. It kind of made me feel like the people who wrote this episode have never been to or in a wedding. <laughs> you know? Just like they have ne neither been to nor seen a high school. Absolutely. Or a high school girl's room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of lack of experience here. They needed some <laughs> experts to be called in. The other main theme for this episode is that Zanya's 
relationship is a touchstone and an inspiration for everyone else, right? Buffy has been unlucky in love, especially again recently, both with breaking up with Spike and seeing Ryfi again, although we're never going to talk about him again. Fuck that. That's fine. Yeah. And, you know, Willow's had problems too, especially right now with Tara. Things are still a bit awkward. So Xander and Anya are the beacon of Shining Hope. They are getting married. They're doing the right thing. They're, they're a relationship that is solid and is going to last. And we need to set this up as like, hey, this is definitely a thing that's happening. Yeah, it's like, these are the guys who beat the Hellmouth and... You know, they, their their love can take anything. And yeah, this sort of level of emotion coming from Buffy, part of it is certainly because, you know, it's Xander. And oh yeah, that's nice. It's nice that her friend Xander is, is getting married and like this great thing is happening for him. His life is working out, all that good stuff. And yeah, I mean, Buffy is fresh off of her recent secret breakup, so that's certainly part of it. But she is talking about this relationship that she's never really seemed to be that invested in, in a way <laughs> yeah. that you're just thinking, where, where is this coming from, though? Almost like Joss <laughs> left this show in different hands, had to sort of make the edits he could to save the episodes, but really didn't have it go the places that it should have. With an ensemble cast that was not used effectively. There were a lot of moments in this episode where Xander was just given so much to do. Yeah. And that I just thought to myself, I can't remember the last time this happened. Which is depressing, <laughs> oh. honestly. Like, Very. Yeah. And Anya does such a good job. Oh my yes. god. Oh, Anya she starts crushes talking it. about how sh happy she is for this day. She's hanging out with Tara and Willow. Willow's like nominally here to help Anya get married or ready, but really she's just watching Tara, which is also cute. It's pretty but cute. Yeah. Anya's dress is so nice, which I've captured here. It's such a nice dress. God, I love it. <laughs> and she's so excited for the day. You know, she's really looking forward to this. It's all finally coming together for her. So I love her hair. Mm -hmm. I think she's definitely got extensions, though, because I, I, there's no way she had this much hair before now. No, she right? did not. And I really like her necklace. I am very uh, particular about wedding dresses. <laughs> uh -huh. I hate mermaid dresses. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay? I It's not yeah, my thing. Yeah, I learned this word last night. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the bottom of this dress, yes. which is mermaid style. Yes. So it's really thin, but with all the fins that are mermaid <laughs> So this picture that you've captured where you can't see the bottom, I like the dress a lot more. Yeah, the top half of this dress is a winner. Mermaid is a bad cut, guys. Don't do it. Yeah. But this, I mean, her vows are just, they're so charming and so intensely Anya. She's... Yes. <laughs> like, sex poodle comes up in the vows, which it really shouldn't. But, but you know cares, what? That's man. Anya. Let her say her own vows however she wants. That's exactly what she would want to say. Yeah. Which would come off a lot better if Xander wasn't constantly telling her... Uh. On, that's not how it's done up in the surface world. Anyway. Yeah. Fine. And Whatever. oh, man, when she's she's just going over the vows over and over and she wants them to be so perfect. And she is mm -hmm. talking about how she's so excited to spend the rest of her life with her best friend. I'm like sobbing, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Let's go then to Uncle Rory because Ugh. he's much grosser than I ever imagined. He has Shanghai a waitress oh, and disgusting. is just constantly sexually assaulting her. Just completely. And Dawn's like, oh, I guess I'll leave you guys alone. You're like, yo, no. Dawn, what are you doing? Get help. Get Buffy. She is waitstaff. Oh my God. She has no power in this situation. You need to get her help. Yeah. Like she, he's, ugh, it's so gross. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> 
No. It's just it's fine. Spike somehow Ugh. got invited with what? a slutty plus one. Okay, now let's do this now. Excellent. Spike is here. I mean, Clem's here. We already sort of touched on that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that makes sense. Xander and Anya, they see Spike a lot. He's around. We'll invite him. I mean, we don't need Giles here, but Spike. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Where the fuck is Giles? Right. So, apparently, there's a dele- deleted scene from this episode that. They cut a bunch of dialogue explaining Giles' absence, which, why? Leave it in. Cut something else. Cut the sexual harassment, maybe. Yes. We don't need to see as much of Uncle Rory as we do. So I'm going to read you the dialogue now. I'm not going to do voices... Oh, maybe dramatic I, maybe I will. Make it very dramatic. Okay, so I'm one of these people is Dawn and the other one is Willow, okay? Okay, I want to guess, yeah. <laughs> I thought Xander and Anya couldn't afford flowers. That's Dawn, yeah. <laughs> That's a spot on, Don. <laughs> See, Willow's just going to be normal now. <laughs> yeah. Giles sent him. Aren't they gorgeous? Yeah. I wish Giles was here. <laughs> Me too. And I'm sure he'd much rather be here than fighting that nasty demon. <laughs> Daemon. In England, it's a daemon. Daemon. Too right. But Giles has got responsibilities. And so Anya and Xander have flowers and flowers and more flowers. Oh, it's going to be so pretty. Yeah, I see why they cut it. (laughs) Because it is clunky. It's so clunky. Like, why? Just just say, like, Giles couldn't be here and so he sent these flowers. I don't know. This whole center section. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. And I could see how it definitely fell flat. But... I mean, to not even mention, like, Giles has known Xander for as long as Buffy and Willow. He's sort of a father figure to Xander as well, you might say. Yep, because Xander has shitty parents, obviously. Like, Anya is a co-owner of the magic box with Giles? Right? Like, <laughs> he's Anywho. so important to their lives. I mean, I, I get it. They couldn't get Tony. and He's busy. He's a busy man, you know? Like, <laughs> he is. Very busy. Xander manages to make a joke about banging Buffy just before he goes to get married, which is classy as all hell. Why is he gross all of a sudden? It doesn't come off as gross as it sounds. Because, like, yeah, he used to have this thing, and now he's f- making funny reference to it. I but, guess like, so. It, it was never fun, guys. Yeah. It was never an interesting thing no. that you were doing. Don't bring it up again. It does manage to come off as being less gross than it used to for whatever yeah. reason. Oh, one more thing about Spike. It's, like, mm-hmm. so daylight out. And oh, I know. yeah. <laughs> I know that I we I forgot hard. about that. But, like, he shows up and it's the middle of the day. And is this chick he's with also a vampire? It's or like is she just, like, a goth chick? It's the one thing about vampires. It's the <laughs> one thing about vampires and they can't keep it straight. <sighs> They're supposed to not like sunlight. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so Future Xander's been wandering around here. He's an old man in a trench coat. Whatever, he showed up. It's great. And Xander goes to meet and greet, and old Xander pulls him aside and tells him that the marriage is a huge mistake. And he's like, oh, don't believe me? Look at this crystal ball! (laughs) Oh, man. And it's just some fucking shiny ball. Like, (laughs) of course it's magic. It could be anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Harris takes the opportunity to be a giant dillweed, making a drunken speech and a pass at Buffy. So that's, I think, what's known as a twofer in the industry. This is actually grosser for me than the Uncle Rory thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, much grosser. Because he's basically like, oh, did you, are you the little girl who used to come over and play with my son when he was younger? I'm going to hit on you now. my wife is here. Yeah, it's yeah. just all bad. So Xander says something later about like, oh, I told the bartender not to serve alcohol yet. Don't have alcohol even available yet. Yeah, you are fully in control of that situation. Why is it being offered to people? It's no. insane. You know they're going to drink. Don't give them booze. Before we get to what future Xander has to show in his crystal ball we're gonna come into our first segment of the week and that is of course cunning conundrum okay fingers on buzzers it's time for today's crucial countdown conundrum for 12 points oh boy i this could be anything i yep don't make me guess i have no idea This week's cunning conundrum is a bit of a personal one. Okay. We usually take this opportunity to ponder some great question that we've had just in life. Like in the know, universe? Maybe, yeah, maybe a moral dilemma, oh perhaps. Oh boy, this is intense, This yeah. one is coming to you personally because today, Michaela, you may not be aware, is my birthday. You know, I wasn't aware until you told me earlier and I already felt like a bad friend, so now I'm just doing that again, so that's great. You don't need to feel like a bad friend, it's fine. <laughs> Instead, Michaela, I have a different cunning conundrum for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> And it is this. In the world of the future, cast your mind forward to 2018. <laughs> we have smart scales. This is a scale that weighs you right. when you step on it. But it also has an LCD built in and it's connected to the internet so you can track, you know, your weight trends and things. I have one of these scales. And this morning when I stepped upon it, the first thing it said was happy birthday. Oh my god. <laughs> And I had not yet realized, because this was 6.30 in the morning. Of course. I didn't know what was happening. You didn't know what was happening. I didn't realize it was my birthday yet. (laughs) Uh, And the cunning conundrum for this week is, is that good or bad? That your scale knows that it's your birthday and is wishing you happy birthday? Correct. Because, Michaela, this is not just some sort of black and white thing where you recoil in horror. I felt so, it was such a nice moment for me. Wow. I was like, oh, that's so nice. You're telling me happy birthday that's so really nice and it like went on for like 30 seconds so it could have you know trimmed that down a bit but it was a genuinely nice thing to have my scale tell me happy birthday because it's not offensive it's not over the top it's a really nice product feature for this to have and it's super inoffensive until you start thinking about the wider technological implications so all day i've just been going back and forth on like is this good yes no it's the best it's the worst why would they ever do this it's actually a fine thing and it just took so little time from anything how could it be bad it's terrible it it shows off the (laughs) the greater dystopia that we live in and i want to know your thoughts on this so from one perspective i think i'm coming down on both sides just like you which is not helpful but the scale people they do know that the first thing you're going to do in the morning is probably step on the scale so it makes sense from a certain perspective for them to say, okay, we should let make this scale say happy birthday because it'll be a nice thing to wake up to. Most people weigh themselves in the morning. It's a nice little feature, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, I mean, it's certainly coming from a place of the scale people want you to be happy and like your scale, right? Yeah. So they were not doing it maliciously, but then... this isn't, like, going to drive scale adoption, right? People aren't running out in droves to be like, oh, I want a scale that tells me happy birthday. It's just a little thing. It's really not malicious. No. But But. then, yeah, the implications of it, because every little thing, they all add up. 
to something, yeah. right? Yeah. They all add up to whatever the hell's going on in China right now. Yes. Where people are literally being raided, like that episode of Black Mirror, mm. on a scale of like five stars or something. And it yeah. negatively affects your life if you have a bad rating. All right, so we're coming down on both sides of this week's <laughs> cunning conundrum, which is to be expected from us. We're garbage wafflers. However, I think there's a follow-up conundrum that is part of that then. Is it a good or a bad thing for my scale to, on my birthday, tell me that I've gone down pounds? Because I got on there and it told me I had went down two pounds, which may be true, but I know that I ate a lot of pizza yesterday. Oh, we ate a lot of stuff yesterday. How did I go down two pounds oh, if I, I ate it... that much food? You know what? I think it lied to you, and I accept that. <laughs> you think that's good? Really? Yeah, I Interesting. Because <laughs> I also think it's good. That's, that's I saw when it. And, I want to be lied to. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It told me I was down two pounds, and I was like, sick. Look at me go. <laughs> and then you're like, that's probably a lie. Don't yeah, care. Didn't Bird care at all. Thin. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. <laughs> well, no, it's no good. We can't have discussions. We're the same person. That's fine. Anyway, that's this week's cunning conundrum. Uh, Come back for more of that in the future. Okay, so what does future Xander have to show current Xander in his crystal ball? So I've been recently reading the Dark Tower series. Oh, by Stephen King? Yeah. And yeah. In, in that series, there is a... A crystal ball that is a pink light that shows you things you don't want to see. <laughs> and like, this just felt like such a reference to that. Yeah. It's just like, it's the same color. It's a, it's a glass sphere. Like, it is meant to, to show you things that mm -hmm. you think you want to see, but then it turns out you don't. And the wiki just has not touched on this at all. So ah, maybe... That's why it's collaborative editing. I guess need that I, I need to put that... Because like, if it's not a reference to that, it's a very strange coincidence, I guess we is all I'm saying. need to give back to the community. Yeah, maybe I should. But right, we're going to see Anya in some old makeup, is what the... Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> it's the visions, the horrible visions of Xander and Anya's future together. They have a horrid brood of two children, and you're like, why is one of them kind of a demon? We'll get to oh, we'll that. We'll get to that, yeah. Xander threw out his back trying to save Buffy, which was unsuccessful, apparently, and now he can't do any work, so Anya has to throw makeover parties, like, uh, what's the what are the brands? Yeah. Well, Pamper it, it would be, sort of thing. It would be like an Avon thing. Yes, Avon. That's in what this it is. time, because I think this is, or like maybe Mary Kay. I don't know. Yeah, this is the time of like, yeah, Avon ladies, and things have spiraled from there to where we are it's now. Pyramid schemes. Yeah, absolutely, anyway, it's pyramid schemes. And that's all Anya can do, apparently. And Xander can't help at all. Because his back. I mean, you'd argue that there are probably lots of jobs he could do. Doesn't matter. I like this so much because it preys on such primal like fears Xander has about himself and insecurities. The idea that he would try to help Buffy and he's not very useful, so he'd be unsuccessful, and that Buffy would then die again, something he's already had to watch happen twice. It that is, is just perfect. poetic. <laughs> it's poetic, but also Xander being shown these things 
yes, rattles him to his core. And the context of, like, within the Vision world, you can see how this would happen. Like, it's not an implausible future at all. Absolutely. Buffy gets in danger. Xander tries to help her. he That's the only thing he can do. He can't help her. Yeah. He gets damaged. She dies. And then this is the future that happens out of that. Out of but, that yeah. very plausible future. Well, that's just it. Like, it, it's so perfect because it could so easily happen. And it's literally, like, <laughs> a lot. Not everything Xander's afraid of. Actually, in a way, I think we might kind of cover all of Xander's biggest insecurities throughout this whole thing. Mm, interesting. Because, well, there's him turning into his parents, which really comes up at the end. Yes. And that's the other thing that he really doesn't want to have happen. Yeah. And then, I mean, sort of like this insecurity that he was unable to sexually satisfy Anya. Yep. So which... she went and slept with a demon, which <laughs> yeah. is how they got their one half demon child. Yeah. And their one normal child. Yeah. And then, you know, Human the kids child, hate him as child. well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So again, if I saw this sort of thing before my wedding, I don't know if things would have happened. I probably would have had a lot of soul searching to do. But don't you think you would have said to yourself, gee, I should maybe go speak to Michelle about this. And like, let's, we can talk about it together and figure it out together. Not like- I like to hope so. Run away? honestly, I don't know, man. This is so plausible for Xander. All of this is so imminently plausible that he's got to just be really hurt by this. And yeah, you'd want him to go talk to Anya, but it's understandable that he doesn't. I guess the next question is, do you think that the future is this fixed thing that's unchangeable? Mm. And by seeing what is going to happen, does that not change it because you know about it? Well, it's from Terminator, right? The future is not set. <laughs> yeah. And although the entire point of those movies, as far as I can tell, vis-a-vis future changing is that it is set, actually, and you can't change anything. And everything I mean, let's just go, the, go to the back to the future route where you go and change <laughs> a lot of things about the past and then very minor things change in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> so let's talk about Buffy confronting Spike. Maybe her earrings are terrible. To go, they with all the have the terrible dress. earrings, though. Yeah. Although these like chandelier earrings were oh. very popular in the early two thousands. Yeah, the mermaid cut. Uh, we will see later Anya's bouquet. These chandelier are so earrings. Wacky. <laughs> like shit. these are all things that are very popular in the early 2000s. But that's the flaw. That is the tragic flaw of yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a television series <laughs> is that it is it is prey to the zeitgeist. <laughs> It's a victim of it, and it can't escape being trendy, so it's instantly obsolete. This happens to every trendy show, though, right? Yeah, as it should, because trends are garbage, and you shouldn't try to exemplify them in your television (laughs) show if you want it to have lasting power. Yeah. Lasting fashion power. I mean, obviously, it's got other power, and this episode is great. I really enjoyed it. It's lovely. And yeah, uh, the Buffy Spike dialogue has also gone just way above and beyond in this episode. This is the nicest they've ever been to each other. But it's still hurtful and there is hurt behind it. And they're so human in their expressions of wanting to be together, knowing that they can't be, being mad at the other person for the fact that they can't be together and just being hurt themselves. And it's like three minutes of that. And you're like, wow, great writing, guys. Where was this the rest of the season? I will be honest... I was intensely attracted to Spike during this discussion that they were having (laughs) (laughs) in a way that I have not been for some time. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, what else was there before? But he now. He looks great. He looks really yeah. great. Super great. So great. Now he's coming <laughs> off really well. <laughs> yeah. And just this like very real thing of him bringing a date, but clearly to make Buffy jealous. Buffy calling him out on it and him being like, well, did it work? Yeah. And her he wants saying, it to have worked. Yeah, it kind of did. And yeah, it kind of hurts. And him apologizing and then being like, no, good. <laughs> But he doesn't yeah. mean it. Oh, it's so nice. It's not nice, though. No, it's, but it's not. I know. But like, but it, it is the type of, of dialogue <laughs> that I can connect with where you have, yeah, these these bad things happening, but not because people are stupid, because people are different. And that's where I think good drama comes from. And it's a problem that all dramatic TV shows struggle with is like, isn't it just easier if people are stupid, though? Like, yes. Yeah. Always. It's less fulfilling. Yes. It's always less fulfilling. <laughs> Xander's got some mad cold feet because of the old future old man Xander showing him things. And I really want to derail this immediately and talk about bisexual erasure. Me too! Good. Okay. So <laughs> Thank God. If I, can, if I can send, just say my piece briefly. Last time this was brought up on the podcast, I was blindsided by it. <laughs> I didn't see it coming at all. And I knew nothing about it. Absolutely. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with that information. So... <laughs> I don't think I really said anything of interest there. And now the fact that Willow is not allowed to be bisexual, but she was clearly interested in guys. Yes. She liked uh, Xander a lot, then Oz a lot, and then briefly Oz and Tara, but is now devoutly gay. I'm like, why? Why are you absolutely point? a lesbian and you can't be attracted to Xander anymore? You're saying all these things that make it seem like you are attracted to Xander, but no, you're definitely a lesbian because bisexual people don't exist. Like what? <laughs> you're you're the biased of bi. <laughs> like she like she brings up the time that she cheated on her male boyfriend with another male person because of this intense attraction that they had for one another and now she's like good thing i realized i was gay as if some switch just flipped because she met one woman she was attracted to yeah realized i was gay like she was gay all along and the xander and oz things were fake it was all just meaningless like what (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about Yeah, I've been thinking much more about this, especially because generally we exist on a spectrum and a lot more people than we as a society want to acknowledge fall on the spectrum and not at either end. Like it's really hard to hit either end of this spectrum. Yeah, like the percentage of people who are 100% straight or 100% gay. Very low. is low vanishingly (laughs) small yeah and we have to pretend like it's all in those two extremes like what like the way she talks about it it's like some switch was flipped and now Mm. she has lost just all attraction and this is not the first time there there have been times where she's like oh man if i weren't gay and you're like you're not you are a bisexual woman clearly bisexual Like, or there was at least a period of time where you were just starting to date Tara and Oz came back. Like, if you want to watch that episode and say, no, but she was this way or she was that way. Like, no, that's a dishonest reading of that episode, at least. So to say that she is now lesbian is also, it smacks of dishonesty. And I understand that when people are young and they're in high school and they're trying to conform to this idea that they're supposed to be straight Absolutely, people who are far more towards the gay end will be in heterosexual relationships that they don't really believe in. Mm -hmm. But it just, that is not 
at all what the show presented us with here. She was head over heels with Oz. Yes! And Xander! Yes! <laughs> yeah, she was pursuing those things intensely. Yeah, and so now to just be like, oh, good thing I'm gay! No! <laughs> not at all. Uh, and I'll also say that it's not necessarily like a one-dimensional spectrum. There are many dimensions to this that are varied and interesting. And I think uh, romanticism, like being hetero, uh, homo, or biromantic is also a different uh, or an interesting axis on this whole thing that is rarely discussed. But at, at minimum, the sexuality spectrum is really, <laughs> really glossed over in this show <laughs> to a weird degree. It just, it's so weird for Willow to claim that she is strongly gay yeah and uh, this is the thing though for some reason it sort of became acceptable for you to have a gay character on a show and at no point well so at some point someone on a show had to be the first bisexual character but it took much longer for whatever reason we get some brief shots of the people sitting down for the wedding. They're getting antsy. No one knows what's happening as Xander has gone on a very brightly lit walk in the rain that is it's happening. Strangely brightly lit. Okay, as a person who recently had a wedding, how expensive uh-huh. do you think this wedding was? Oof. It in seems pretty dollars? up there. Yeah. Just put it, put it in now, dollars. It's You're not going to get away with this for less than $15,000. Yeah, and that's probably like low end. I mean, open bar with these people. Yeah, open bar with these people is going to be really problematic. You're at a fairly low head count, which is nice. I guess I'm the flowers are from Giles. To 100 people. Yeah, probably. But like with this dress, which is very trendy, with the entire tux even if you're just renting it with cummerbund that's going to be some priciness you're going to be feeding these people we don't see what the food is going to be like but you're imagining it's going to be pretty good probably or they'll just complain god knows yeah i mean they'll complain no matter what (laughs) yeah it's going to be super pricey yeah so we do see the guests all sitting down everyone's getting antsy and they've divided things pretty clearly along like groom side and bride side yeah except clem clem is sitting (laughs) sitting on on Xander's side. I love the idea that Clem is here because he's Xander's bro. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy will at one point ask the audience if anyone is here from out of town. And Clem raises his hand, which is just false. <laughs> Like, I don't know what he's doing. It's so good. Like, I love seeing Clem and everything he's doing is perfect. But why is he the one person to raise his hand to who is here from out of town? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No one can find... Well, so first no one can find Xander. And then Buffy tells Anya the worst lie ever. It's the the minister. He had... Uh to go and perform an emergency C-section. C-section? Yeah, you know, he, he's uh, not, not just a minister, he, he's also a, a doctor. But Anya's super distracted, so she doesn't notice how bad of a lie it is. And then after Dawn is busy flirting with Tall, Dark, and Demon, she comes back in and she's like, oh, but Anya can never know that Xander's uh, missing. Fucking Dawn, like, Dawn. why? Oh, sorry. Sorry, wait, let me do that again. But Anya can never know that Xander's missing. (laughs) How is that? Is that better? Yeah. I mean, I could tell it was Dawn that time at least. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why? Why do they have to give that to Dawn? Just like, it doesn't matter. They still don't know what to do with her. 
They hate they Dawn. They don't know what yeah. to do with any of these people. And no. they've already cut so many of them out. Tara's not in here anymore. Giles isn't in here anymore. Dawn's barely in it and they're still struggling for things to do. And they've got an overly fatty 22 episodes. And you're like, something here is wrong. <laughs> Either you have too much time or you have too many people. But certainly not both. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know, anyway. it was a lack of planning. I really love how the wiki informed me that Sarah Michelle Gellar displays her real-life talent for juggling in this episode. <gasps> she is not great at it. <laughs> She's not. I mean, real-life talent is pushing it, I think. Well, you have to be good at it enough to get takes of it where you fail, right? Yeah. Because there's a certain level where you have to be able to do it competently enough to fail spectacularly. Right. And that's what she does. I yeah. love her and Kelgan just fucking up there. <laughs> juggling in front of the audience and he's so good at it i love yeah. his character him uh, and him and cousin carol steal this episode for me as background characters that manage to rise above yeah and you absolutely them. want them to end up together yes god they'd be so good for each other <laughs> maybe so who cute. knows i don't know but it's he seems nice you know yeah yeah <laughs> Anya confronts future Xander. Future Xander turns out to be a spooky demon who came back to sabotage the wedding. Uh, his name's Stu. Stu Burns. He was a philanderer who got cursed by her back in the day. Uh, we don't know anyone who's named Stu, so that's really easy for us and convenient. Listen, Stu missed the fact that this guy was named Stuart, and so <gasps> I just I didn't bring it up. Everything's great. <laughs> oh, I called him Stu through the entire thing. This is like the least lame Stu that I think I've ever seen on a TV show. Yes, yeah, Stu as a name seems to be reserved for not charitable people. Yeah. The only... So there's a Stu... Have you seen what we do in the shadows? Yes, but I didn't pay that too close attention to it. The human that they make friends with is named Stu. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like he's still pretty lame, but they think he's so cool. <laughs> Uh, poor Stu. Anyhow. Stu says that it was easy to scare off Xander, and I'm like, but no, it wasn't that easy. But it okay. It required a very in-depth knowledge of who Xander is and his fears. So here's some headcanon for you. I mm. think that this magic sphere thing, like, uses your own fears against you. Yeah, that makes like, the most sense. Right, because there's no way this guy had this, this amount of knowledge. But then at the same time, Xander knows about magic. He knows what sorts of things you can do with magic at this point. Like, he's been doing this for six years. And at no point does he try to make this guy prove that he's actually future Xander by asking him things that only Xander would know. Yeah, because future Xander's entire shtick of, like, here's how you can trust that I am future Xander is showing him these visions. Although, Which is insane. Uh, no, no, that that holds together though. Like No. There yes, there are two layers to this, but Xander thinking that there's only one layer is perfectly reasonable. He thinks, okay, this guy has knowledge that only he could have because he has these visions of Anya and I in the future, which are incredibly plausible, and that is who Anya is, and that is who I am. That all holds together. It's internally consistent, and he doesn't need to go on from there. And I understand that Xander already had these not these exact fears, but these types of fears. And these are mm -hmm. just making those, like they're confirming his fears. So he's yeah. not asking too many more questions, but I don't know. I guess if someone <laughs> came up to me and said they were me from the future, I would have so many questions for them to verify it before we went anywhere else. Yeah, but you're you terrified know? of exactly this situation. <laughs> you have extensive no, preparations swaps. for doppelgangers. This I is mean, essentially a doppelganger. body swaps. This is essentially no, that. A doppelganger is not a body swap. Oh my God. <laughs> 
but this is exactly the no this is what you want to have other people do when you show up anywhere you want them to ask the questions that only you have the answers to and this is just you getting a chance to show how smart you are and how good at these things you are because it's a doppelganger and you know how to get the information of whether they're the real one or not this is exactly the same situation you're framing it as me trying to show off instead of me just being a paranoid insane person so like thanks for that (laughs) that, i think that makes me come off better nominally yeah yeah so they fight Stu and kick his ass uh xander eventually crushes Stu's head with a pedal stool and (laughs) everyone claps man it doesn't go like the normal vampires which is really gross The entire time this has been happening, like, there was a riot between the Harrises and the demons and stuff. They were so ready to riot. They just all got right in there, you know? Oh, fuck yeah, they did. Just (laughs) jumped on in. I really like that the demon, like, Stu's demon makeup is really inventive and cool, and it used to be just shitty vamps all the time. Remember that? I don't even remember the last time we saw a vampire. Was shitty vamps, and now it's no vampires at all. Zero. I spike. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't count. Riot settles down again until (laughs) Mr. Harris calls Kelvin a a freak again, and Ani manages to get things settled down, and we're almost into the end game, which means it's time for our second segment. Good. This is a uh, a geo political segment of course called don't go there is this like places not to visit in the yep. world correct oh, we have yeah. been whittling it down for what 116 episodes now so we've ruled out between us 230 countries and there aren't that many left let's scrape the bottom of the barrel and say don't go there it just begs the question how many countries you think there are, you know? Like, uh, it's a sort of open question, and it depends who you ask, is what I'm going to say to that. Uh, yeah. On the order of 200, is, or around 200, sorry, is where I would actually land. So obviously we're getting into the, the weirder places now with don't go there. We've covered, mm. you know, we've done the Dubais, if you're an unmarried woman, or you've had any alcohol in your system, and for some reason they take a dislike to you. We've done the Saudi Arabias, who for some reason threaten Canada on Twitter? as right, part of their yeah. like geopolitical strategies we've done the usas with their trumps and such you know we've covered all of those with north korea obviously i want to know where should you not go that isn't those places <laughs> mikhail i'll let you take first stab at this oh boy you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pick a particular city because i think yeah. that's we're into i'm gonna say don't go to paris i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna be bold don't go to paris <laughs> don't go there you get fucking pickpocketed everywhere you go that's popular. Oh, really? Shit. Of course you do, because there are groups of people who hang out at the popular places waiting for tourists. And you think you don't look like a tourist? You do. Mm. You absolutely do. What no matter if... what, how you tried to hide your shit. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You haven't even given me an option here. Like, there's no chance yet. So mm. I'm going to describe to you my perfect blending in disguise okay sure so black hat right oh no i'm so you're about to offend all of our parisian <laughs> my shirt, listeners my shirt is gonna be white and black it's gonna have some of stripes of course yep i'm gonna have a handkerchief red <laughs> tied around my neck to make myself blend in and then 
I need to look like I truly belong. So I'm going to have a bag with me, like a bag of groceries, like a brown paper bag and sticking mm. out of it, the trademark Persian dish. Baguette, yeah. exactly. Baguette. Yeah. Somehow you got there before me. I don't even know how. Do you have a, do you have some sort of long cigarette? Oh, absolutely. In a holder. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. like a cigarette holder. And then around that, I just, to ward off any would-be attackers that are have seen through my cunning disguise thus far, I add an auditory element. Okay. You ready for this? I'm this not. Is, this is well-practiced. <laughs> <clears throat> let me let me get into character here. That was my the exact thing I thought you were gonna do, so that's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's flawless. What was I thinking? You're clearly a master of disguise. So, unless you're David, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Paris. Don't go there. <laughs> Alright. Well for me, I think there's only one option, and that is LAX. The Los Angeles <laughs> Airport. Oh, yeah. I've been there a total of once, maybe twice on my way to or from Australia. And let me tell you, LAX, big airport. Mm, signage, maybe okay. I don't really remember. Minimal. It's all sort of a haze. What I do remember is the United Airlines personnel. Because I, I needed to make a transfer. LAX was not my final or first destination. I was making a transfer with United Airlines. And they helpfully told me the wrong way to go. Oh, not once, boy. but twice oh, in the same airport. God. And it's like, you know what? I had to overcome the first bad direction to even find you how oh is it God. that you are also giving me an incorrect direction it's almost impressive or intentional that's i, I think i can actually expand else. this maybe not let's not go lax let's go united airlines united <laughs> airlines don't go there also 17 hour flight or whatever it is to australia i guess 13 hours let's not exaggerate cramped no entertainment no power very few snacks yeah no no entertainment? I think there may have been like the, you know, old style um, one TV oh. per row sort of thing. Gross. Uh, yeah. And that was that was like 2012. That was recent enough that they that should was, have had something yeah. better. Anyway, United Airlines. Don't go there. Whew. Yeah. I mean, that's... I would say that's not a shocking statement. There aren't going to be a bunch of people up in arms because you've dissed United Airlines, but I, I get it. I stand by you. I've run into a couple articles written by like United Airlines lifers, or not lifers, <laughs> life travelers, you know, right. who are like, oh, love United Airlines. And I am just instantly filled with a seething rage. <laughs> no, not United Airlines. Not These again. corporate shills. Never yeah. again. Okay, back to our episode briefly. It's over now so we can get married. Anya and Xander are going to talk it out. Anya has her her diamond bouquet, this which we briefly bouquet. mentioned. So it's not flowers. It is not live-cut it's... flowers. It is small fake diamonds on bits of, like, springy wire. All and it just clump. makes for such a tiny bouquet. Oh, it's so small. It's so weird and small. And it blends in so well with her dress so that you yeah. can't see it most of the time. This, to me, is aluminum Christmas trees. It's something that feels like it shouldn't <laughs> exist. It's a bizarre perversion of something that should be natural and colorful and bright. And it's just like, why would you ever do it? It does seem to be a thing. You yeah. can definitely still get crystal bouquets. I mean, Why? Swarovski is hawking them. So that kind of makes sense, Christ. I guess. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds Depends expensive. How yeah. How's your budget doing after that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So Xander's not ready to get married. 
there's a shot of him looking at his arguing parents as he's thinking about his future. He knows it's all been a sham, but it still left him shook, as the kids might say. And he is just not ready for it. Yeah. And as, like, this is not particularly shocking if you consider all the times that he looked terrified throughout the season when his wedding came up Mm -hmm. when he had to tell people that he was even engaged yeah he has not done this engagement thing well he used it as a personal ploy ignored Anya's feelings about the entire thing it's just been bad so Xander's parents are in an unhappy marriage his father is an alcoholic so this like what he grew up with as his sort of you know these this is the couple that you see all the time it's very Mm -hmm. toxic it's it's a bad situation to be in and you know what he needs a bunch of therapy and that's fine yeah like a lot this is the kind of thing where he should have had a bunch of therapy and then decided okay I feel better. I've dealt with some of the things that I'm feeling in in relation to, you know, being married and being a husband and not becoming my father. And now I'm ready to get engaged. Like, these are the steps, you know? Don't get engaged first. (laughs) No, and then don't plan a whole wedding when you still haven't dealt with any of these things. So, yeah, I mean, he probably is not in a place where he should be getting married. No. But this is really the wrong time. Well, this is a wrong time to realize that there are worse times i would argue yeah like 10 years down the road yeah, it's exactly. probably a worse time after you yeah. spawned a couple of horrid brood <laughs> that's so offensive to the little demon girl yeah <laughs> i was mostly talking about the guy who is intolerant of his demon sister oh no he's the worst yeah basically but no, it, he's grown up in some sort of racist towards demons household, I guess. Yeah, with Xander there, he would, right? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Like, oh, your mother used to be a demon, but we got that sorted out. Like, ugh. Right? It's, t- it's terrible, anyhow. Yeah. Okay, so everyone's sad. The Zanya's success story meant a lot symbolically for everyone in the friend group. The fact that it all fell apart, Willow's really not liking this. She was hopeful. She had hope from this. And then it's all come crashing down. And Anya is just so mm. destroyed by this. Obviously. De Hoffman uh, was at the wedding and he's like, hey, yeah. huh? Huh? who's your buddy? De Hoffman's your buddy. <laughs> your, old, your old pal D. Who's so, been there for you? De Hoffman has. I, so here's the thing about this that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Back in season three, I suppose, yeah. Anya lost her powers because her power source was destroyed. Yep. And she wanted to be a demon again then, Mm -hmm. but was not allowed to. Why can she suddenly be a vengeance demon again? I think this experience may have engendered her with some newfound fire that de finds exciting. It's like an emotion thing where she just did not have the... Yeah, fire is a good word, I guess. I don't think she was giving it her all, you know? It had Mm. gotten sort of played out. She'd been doing it for a millennia, whatever. Like, oh, curse this guy, I guess. Transform all this universe into a different universe, whatever. Uh, This thing sort of happens. And she let her guard down enough to lose her powers. And now, like, she's back with some vim and verve. This is exactly what she was afraid of. Like this, what's just happened to her here. Because she spent a thousand years seeing that love wasn't real. And then it's part of her vows. She says, you've shown me, like this experience with you has shown me that love is real. And that uh, it's possible for me. And now everything she thought before has just been confirmed. Yep. So that's pretty shattering. Whoops. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm intrigued to see whether next episode will still have Emma Caulfield in the credits. 
Would you like me to tell you, or are no, you? No, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it and see see how this Delight. happens because I don't remember I'm anything else happening with her. Delightful. I'm sure this isn't the end of her, but like, yeah, it's gonna be some stuff. That would be quite the mic drop for Wouldn't her to never come back. Yeah. They let they let Rifi come back. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Uh, and mm. Xander, no one knows where he is. He's gone to a cheap motel to stay there for a while. He's yeah. sad and he's only got the clothes on his back. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, that's it's our a, episode. It's a downer ending, that's for sure. It is. Michaela, did you like this episode with its downer ending? I do. I mean, and you know, I, you know it's coming the whole time. Yep. Or if you are if you know, then you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all the things you said. It's letting other cast members have things to do just the tone of most of the episode feels more like a buffy episode yeah and i love it when they have you know they have the demons and they sort of have this (laughs) undercurrent of racism is not the right word (laughs) overcurrent yeah Just, you know, they have Xander's family being really shitty, which I enjoy from the perspective of the contrast with the literal demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so think it's I had a good time. All of the things that a Buffy episode should, it makes good use of its entire cast, mostly, except for Tara Dawn. and Don. <laughs> <sighs> Makes good use of four members of the cast. Uh, plus Spike. Yeah. Five. Actually, this is like the best Spike has come off in so long. You've got the metaphor, which isn't so over the top as to make me annoyed with it, but yeah. is still resonant. You've got people coming up to drama because of who they are rather than dumb things that they do. Yeah, it's great. And it's a bit of, you know, magic fun times, but in a way that enables the interesting drama rather than smothering it. Michaela, who won this episode? DeHoffer. De Hoffren, yes, good shout. <laughs> Absolutely, De Hoffren won. It's made very clear that Halfrek is jealous of Anya oh, because yeah. Anya appears to be De Hoffren's favorite. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's got his favorite back. Good yep. for him. Yes, he does. Yeah. Who had the best outfit from the episode? Uh, like the top half of Anya, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Strongly agree. <laughs> Because I just, I can't pick the entirety of Anya. I just, like, I'm not. (laughs) All right. And Uh, then it's me for Teeks, right? There is no Teeks. Is there no Teeks? There's no Teeks. Oh my God. Okay. I have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. So we can just, we can just blow right past that. All right. There is no Teeks review for this episode. And I didn't realize that until just now. So. Yeah, we stopped checking. We're fools. We do not have one. Uh, Other interesting things. Jesus Christ, this series is depressing that's a four out of ten seriously wow. where did where the hell did xander's bravery go four out of ten like he was wow. never that brave really he was stupid but that's not brave yeah i hope i man i really liked this episode i felt it was a strong turnaround from everything else that happened in the past couple episodes it's not super well liked and i mean let's let's go into this yeah. so on the ranking it is 98 out of 144 oh so that is yeah firmly in the bottom half but you liked it right i'm not wrong i'm not entirely wrong <laughs> i do like it but i think the the problem is that it's just so it's such a downer at the end oh yeah, right I it's guess. it's the show finally giving you a wedding episode and anya is so happy and in love and then they're just like suckers but that's how joss do man yeah i know how can you be into a yeah. joss show and uh, yeah. <laughs> Not expect that. Well, they've yeah. also had a bunch of other downers that were bad episodes in their own right. For sure. I think you did enjoy it more than I generally do. Okay. Part And part of my problem with it really is... <laughs> I just... <laughs> 
And I know this is because I'm crazy and paranoid, but like, I just can't buy. How do you, you not see believe... a doppelganger coming? <laughs> what what sort of from the idiot? I know, I know what I would ask myself, you know, if it was someone claiming to be me from the future, I would just be able to rattle off a bunch of stuff that only I know. Uh, now I just have to dress up as you for you from the future. <laughs> then I gain you'll access the, to that information. Oh, no, no, no. You'll know the questions. You want to know the answers. Oh, <laughs> you fool. So I've got to do it multiple times until I get it right. <laughs> And then just, like, make me forget? I don't know. You'll just think that, yeah, maybe this time, you know, it's real. Who knows? So someone in this vein, I discovered today, and clearly I'm just bad at reading, but the same, the uh, aggregate website that has all of the rankings of the all the episodes based on, you know, various lists around the internet, it has a few other things. So uh, we'll just talk about a couple, and I, I think I'll have to come back to these because some of them are things we haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but they have most polarized episodes. Oh. So these are things that <laughs> they rank in the top half in the probability of falling in the top 25% of all episodes on a given list and in the probability of falling in the bottom 25% okay. of all episodes on a given list. So like people really either love them or hate yeah. them. The very top one is the Zeppo. Okay. Yep. And I could see, like, if you really don't like Xander. Yeah. And it's just such a tongue-in-cheek episode. Like, if you don't want something... It's so wacky, right? Yeah, because the rest of the Scoobies are off doing their own usual thing, and Xander has to do his wacky nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) The Pack. Oh. (laughs) How do people like that episode? I don't know. So that one I don't get. The eat Flutie. (laughs) I know. It's just so disturbing. Dead Things. Because you had the worst time ever. Ever. Yeah. And like the episode is surprisingly highly rated. Yeah. Like despite that, right? So that, I think that makes sense. Uh, Smashed. No, no. And you it's, know why that's in there? Because everyone wants to see Buffy and Spike bang. Yeah. But it's not a good episode. It's really not. Oh, uh, so many. That's like, we're fully in the magic is drugs at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the, the first half of the two-parter that really yeah. fucking just <laughs> grinds your soul down with that metaphor. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, amends. Amends which is, is season three, episode 10. It's the episode where the first visits Angel. Oh, yeah. And then it snows, it snows at the end, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I don't have particularly fond feelings for that episode at all. I, I like it conceptually. And yeah. I could see if you're like really into Angel, maybe you'd be all about it. There's I don't know. There's some good J-Cal work there. Like, there's yeah. some like camera work, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, generally, no. No, thanks. Triangle, which is the Troloff episode. Oh, I, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but I like people hate that episode as well, yeah. right? I guess that's the same like, sort of argument. Yeah, yeah, they don't like magic, <laughs> wacky magic front time. And then there are, uh, there are a bunch in here that we haven't seen yet, so Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Most forgotten episodes. So, like, things that just don't really ever appear goodbye, on lists. Goodbye, 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 number one. Goodbye, <laughs> num- number one. <laughs> the first one is No Place Like Home. Which is season five, episode five, and I could not tell you what happens in it. Oh, good lord. No, I've got. Oh, fucking what? <laughs> what is it? Like, what episode is that? No place like home. We've done it. I was worried about Joyce. 
There's a monk. Buffy learns more about Dawn after she discovers a mysterious orb linked to a group of monks being Ugh. pursued by an incredibly powerful force. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the first time we see Glory. Yes. It's also and... <laughs> out for a walk bitch, uh, oh, the gif. Yeah. And otherwise, wow, nothing else happens. <laughs> nothing happens. Holy shit, how did we not realize that nothing happened there? <laughs> that's delightful. Yeah, I was just like, what is this episode? Whew, there's a lot of season fivers in here. Wow. Yeah, no doubt. Faith, hope, and trick. Yeah. Which I mean, Scott yeah, Hope it's is just in like... there, and you're like, who? <laughs> it's so forgettable. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Tough love, season five, episode nineteen. Uh, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> oh, it's when Tara gets brain zapped. Oh yeah. But like that happens at the end of the episode, right? What's in the rest of that episode? Um. <laughs> The return of Dem Hoops. <laughs> That's what we know from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Japanese poem that sounds like a sneeze. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, fucking what? I'm going to hit you with the other season five episodes that are in this. Do it. Because like, we just did that season, you know, we yeah. should remember these. Mm-hmm. Season five, episode 13, Blood Ties. No. <laughs> Oh, oh no, that's mushing the blood together. They fight glory. <laughs> that's the end of the episode again. Yeah. What happened in the rest of that episode? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. God. Uh, season five, episode 12, Checkpoint. Oh, God. I know. Rye all fi- I remember is what I lied yeah, to you about. Yeah, Rye-Fi and Graham are in the woods <laughs> and they have to get to the checkpoint. Now it's when the watchers come. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, there's like a fake episode in my mind that I'm like, that's it. That's, that's what happened. It. That's the only episode that happened. Yeah. They're in Paraguay, right? Yeah. Now we know that for sure. Oh my God, is Graham dead? I hope not. <gasps> no, Graham. Oh, right? Graham, old buddy, old pal. He's okay. He's, he's, he's a survivor. And now I don't want to make this too long. So I'm just going to hit you with one more thing. Okay. So there are also streak lists. Okay. So there are top streaks of like back-to-back episodes or five episodes in a row that are very strong. And similarly, uh, streaks of things that are very weak. Yes. So I'm going to hit you with the number one top streak of five episodes and the number one weak streak of five episodes. Okay. So top streak is season three, Earshot, Choices, The Prom, Graduation Day Part 1, Graduation Day Part 2. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Your shot is uh, Lil J up in the tower, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> I don't think this is going to surprise you at all. Weak streaks. Season four. No, no. No, my friend. Season six. Season six. Yeah. Gone. Double meat palace. Dead things. Older and far away. As you were. Yep. And I mean, so As You Were was garbage, right? Older and far people, away, I remember enjoying, but it was polarizing, right? Yes. And pe- so people don't really like that one. Yeah. Dead Things is very polarizing. Double Meat Palace is pretty widely hated, but we had more fun than we should have. Yeah. And then, I mean, Gone is just like, Buffy is invisible. Oh my Wacky. God. Nothing fucking happened. Yeah. Interestingly, the number two streak of five episodes is also in season six. <laughs> life cereal all the way once more with feeling tabula rasa and smashed yeah once and i think it's because yeah once more with feeling and tabula rasa in back there, to back and then you yeah. can get in something else earlier on like a life cereal maybe 
because all the oh, is life cereal the one where the nerds are messing with buffy and we have the wacky yeah. mummy hand yeah. yeah that's fun and the disruptor chip whatever that's about anyway Ugh, yeah who cares <laughs> well that's delightful sorry there's no teaks hopefully there will be next time i think we're just going to keep it on the same schedule of you have odds and i have evens because that's there's teaks easy. next time we'll see <laughs> uh what is coming up next time on buffy the vampire slayer the next episode is called Normal Again. Okay. I do not think you have any recollection whatsoever of this episode. Yeah, I went from really strong recollection here to again, nada. Do you want, how much do you want to know? Like, a little blurb. I always like having a bit of, bit of info. Like, I, I always feel like you forget by the next week yeah, when I you do. watch the episode anyways. Yeah, I absolutely do. And like, this is not, this is, this is an early reveal in the episode. So I'm not like yeah. giving away the no, end No, first or five minutes is fine. That's always fine. <laughs> so I'm just going to read you the first sentence of the IMDb thing. Sick. After Buffy is stung by a demon, she begins to have vivid daydreams about a mental asylum. <sighs> so I don't know what you're going to think of this episode. It's rated pretty high, but it's like a what if sort of episode oh good lord well it sounds very similar to the one where she got telepathy just from that first little bit because that's also <laughs> buffy gets stung by buffy a demon stung by a demon and yeah. then wacky things start happening to her this is less wacky than that okay <laughs> significantly less wacky good yeah i uh we'll see what happens maybe it'll be another one of these maybe it won't be who knows? That will be fun say? when we see that. Uh, until then, our listeners can always reach out to us via email, beyondvenue.hellmouth at gmail.com, which is in the show notes. Also in the show notes is a link to the Facebook album of our pictures. And if you want to reach out to us personally, you can find us on Peepeth, P-E-E-P-E-T-H, <laughs> which is yet another blockchain social network that promises oh. open thoughtful and responsible content and i am on there at peep this michaela i'm on there at ah peep peep motherfucker <laughs> and make sure to hashtag all those peep peeps welcome to the hellmouth so we know you came from the show and until next time farewell from the hellmouth hellmouth Hell no. Hell no. Hell no.